Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you must have a link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear, with Section 4, The Agreement to Join. We're also mindful of our lesson today. Lesson 299, Eternal Holiness Abides in Me. And by way of opening this morning, I didn't have to look very far until I found this from Pirelia Samadon in his book, Forty Prayers. The poem itself is called Psalm 2. Psalm, I like that word being a song of love to the Father. Anyway, the poem goes like this. My heart is your sky, beloved. There is nothing I need. On the hills of your earth I walk upright, and in the fields of your love I find peace. You have made my soul a window and opened it to you. You have taken away my fear. You have given me to know my home is in your presence, and I will live in the light of your joy forever. Eternal <coughs> holiness abides in me. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you, Lori. Mm. It's a privilege to bring that this morning. (laughs) Sweet. Yes, thank you. I like that. Thank you. Okay, my friends, here's our reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Yvonne, and Micah. And we're joined in listening by Ida and Roz. And I know we have some other callers who would like to say good morning or be on the reading list. <laughs> Hi, it's Robin Marie, and I just discovered that I'm almost, my phone is almost out of energy, so I'm just recharging it as I listen. Thank you. Okay, great. Glad you're here, huh? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else care to announce? Okay. Let's undertake then this morning's reading from Chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear with Section 4, The Agreement to Join. Paragraph 28. What waits in perfect certainty beyond salvation is not our concern. For you have barely started to allow your first uncertain steps to be directed up the ladder separation led you down. The miracle alone is your concern at present. Here's where we must begin. 
And having started, will the way be made serene and simple in the rising up to waking and the ending of the dream? When you accept a miracle, you do not add your dream of fear to one that is already being dreamed. Without support, the dream will fade away without effects, for it is your support that strengthens it. Uh, Lemoyne. Okay, chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear. Section 4, The Agreement to Join. What waits in perfect certainty beyond salvation is not our concern. For you have barely started to allow your first uncertain steps to be directed up the ladder separation led you down. The miracle alone is your concern at present. Here is where we must begin. And having started, will the way be made serene and simple in the rising up to waking and the ending of the dream? When you accept a miracle, you do not add your dream of fear to one that is already being dreamed. Without support, the dream will fade away without effects. For it is your support that strengthens it. No mind is sick until another mind agrees that they are separate. And thus it is their joint decision to be sick. If you withhold agreement and accept the part you play in making sickness real, the other mind cannot project its guilt without your aid in letting it perceive itself as separate and apart from you. Thus is the body not perceived as sick by both your minds from separate points of view. Uniting with a brother's mind prevents the cause of sickness and perceived effects. Healing is the effect of minds which join, as sickness comes from minds which separate. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 29. No mind is sick until another mind agrees that they are separate, unless it is their joint decision to be sick. If you withhold agreement and accept the part you play in making sickness real, the other mind cannot project its guilt without your aid in letting it perceive itself as separate apart from you. Thus is the body not perceived as sick by both your minds from separate points of view. Uniting with a brother's mind prevents the cause of sickness and perceived effects. Healing is the effect of minds which join, as sickness comes from minds which separate. 10, I mean 30. The miracle does nothing just because the minds are joined and cannot separate. Yet in the dreaming has this been reversed, and separate minds are seen as bodies which are separated and which cannot join. Do not allow your brother to be sick, for if he is, have you abandoned him to his own dream by sharing it with him? He has not seen the cause of sickness where it is, and you have overlooked the gap between you where the sickness has been bred. Thus are you joined in sickness to preserve the little gap unhealed, where sickness is kept carefully protected 
cherished and upheld by firm belief, lest God should come to bridge the little gap that leads to him. Fight not his coming with illusions, for it is his coming that you want above all things that seem to glisten in the dream. Thank you, Fran. And Devon. Yeah, thank you, Fran. Thank you, Laurie. Uh, 30. The miracle does nothing just because the miracles are joined and cannot separate. Yet in the dreaming has this been reversed and separate minds are seen as bodies which are separated and which cannot join. Do not allow your brother to be sick. For if, if he is, have you abandoned him to his own dream by sharing it with him? He has not seen the cause of sickness where it is, and you have overlooked the gap between you where the sickness has been bred. Thus are you joined in sickness to preserve the little gap unhealed where sickness is kept carefully protected, cherished, and upheld by firm belief, unless God should come to bridge that little gap that leads to him. Fight not his coming with illusions, for it is his coming that you want above all things that seem to glisten in the dream. The end of dreaming is the end of fear, and love was never in the world of dreams. The gap is little, yet it holds the seeds of pestilence and every form of ill because it is a wish to keep apart and not to join. And thus it seems to give a cause to sickness, which is not its cause. The purpose of the gap is all the cause that sickness has, for it was made to keep you separated in a body which you see as if it were the cause of pain. Well, that really speaks to me this morning. Thank you. Well, thank you, Yvonne. And Micah. Okay. <clears throat> the end of dreaming is the end of fear, and love was never in the world of dreams. <clears throat> the gap is little, yet it holds the seeds of pestilence and every form of ill, because it is a wish to keep apart and not to join. And thus it seems to give a cause to sickness, which is not its cause. The purpose of the gap is all the cause that sickness has. For it was made to keep you separated in a body which you see as if it were the cause of pain. 32. The cause of pain is separation, not the body, which is only its effect. Yet separation is but empty space enclosing nothing, doing nothing, and as unsubstantial as the empty place between the ripples that a ship has made in passing by, and covered just as fast as water rushes in to close the gap as the waves enjoining cover it. Where is the gap between the waves when they have joined and covered up the space which seemed to keep them separate for a little while? 
Where are the grounds for sickness when the minds have joined to close the little gap between them where the seeds of sickness seem to grow? Thank you, Micah. And is there any reader then for 32 and 33? Good morning. Okay, Ida, then Karen. Okay. Okay. 32. The cause of pain is separation, not the body, which is only its effect. Yet separation is but empty space, enclosing nothing, doing nothing. And as, unsen- and as unsubstantial as the empty place between the ripples that a ship has made in passing by. And covered just as fast as water rushes in to close the gap and as the waves in joining cover it. Where is the gap between the waves when they have joined and covered up the space which seemed to keep them separate for a little while? Where are the grounds for sickness? when the minds have joined to close the little gap between them where the seeds of sickness seem to grow. 33. God builds the bridge, but only in the space left clean and vacant by the miracle. The seeds of sickness and the shame of sin he cannot bridge, for he cannot destroy the alien will that he created not. Let its effects be gone, and clutch them not with eager hands to keep them for yourself. The miracle will brush them all aside, and thus make room for him who wills to come and bridge his son's returning to himself. Thank you. Thirty-three. God builds the bridge, but only in this space left clean and vacant by the miracle. The seeds of sickness and the shame of sin he cannot bridge, for he cannot destroy the alien will that he created not. Let let its effects be gone and clutch them not with eager hands to keep them for yourself. The miracle will brush them all aside and thus make room for him who wills to come and bridge his son's returning to himself. 34. Count then the silver miracles and golden dreams of happiness as all the treasures you would keep within the storehouse of the world. The door is open, not to thieves, but to your starving brothers who mistook the gold the shining of a pebble. The door, I'm sorry, I'm reading that again. The door is open, not to thieves, but to your starving brothers who mistook for gold the shining of a pebble and who stored a heap of snow that shone like silver. They have nothing left behind the open door. What is the world except a little gap perceived to tear eternity apart and break it into days and months and years. And what are you who live within the world except the picture of the Son of God in broken pieces 
each concealed within a separate and uncertain bit of clay. Are you on mute, dear? I was. Thank you, Aya. Thank you, Karen. And is there a new reader for 34 and 35? Okay, back to you, Lemoyne. Count then the silver miracles and golden dreams of happiness as all the treasures you would keep within the storehouse of the world. The door is open, not to thieves, but to your starving brothers who mistook for gold the shining of a pebble and who stored a heap of snow that shone like silver. They have nothing left behind the open door. What is the world except a little gap perceived to tear eternity apart and break it into days and months and years? And what are you who live within the world except a picture of the Son of God in broken pieces, each concealed within a separate and uncertain bit of clay? Be not afraid, but let your world be lit by miracles. And where the gap was seen to stand between you, join your brother there. And sickness will be seen without a cause. The dream of healing and forgiveness lies and gently shows you that you never sinned. <clears throat> the miracle would leave no proof of guilt to bring you witness to what never was. And in your storehouse, it will make a place of welcome for your father and yourself. The door is open that all those may come who would no longer starve and would enjoy the feast of plenty set before them there. <clears throat> and they will meet with your invited guests. The miracle has asked to come to you. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 35. Be not afraid, but let your world be lit by miracles. And where the gap was seen to stand between you, join your brother there. And sickness will be seen without a cause. The dream of healing and forgiveness lies and gently shows you that you never sinned. The miracle would leave no proof of guilt to bring you witness to what never was. And in your storehouse, it will make a place of welcome for your father and yourself. The door is open that all those may come who would no longer starve and would enjoy the feast of plenty set before them there. And they will meet with your invited guests the miracle has asked to come to you. 36. This is a feast unlike indeed to those the dreaming of the world has shown. For here, the more that anyone receives, the more is left for all the rest to share. The guests have brought unlimited supply with them, and no one is deprived or can deprive. Here is the feast the father lays before his son and shares it equally with him. 
and in their sharing there can be no gap in which abundance falters and grows thin. Here can the lean years enter not, for time waits not upon this feast, which has no end. For love has set its table in the space that seems to keep your guests apart from you. Thank you, Fran. And Devon. Yvonne, are you able to read again? Yes, yes I am. Okay. Sorry. I'm, my connection is not good because it's connecting from the United States to here, and, and it's, it's a little difficult, but it's good right now. So here we go. Okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, 36, yeah. This is a feast unlike indeed to those the dreaming of the world has shown. For here, the more that anyone receives, the more is left for all the rest to share. The guests have brought unlimited supply with them, and no one is deprived or can deprive. Here is a feast the father lays before his son and shares it equally with him. And in their sharing, there can be no gap in which abundance falters and grows thin. Here can the lean years enter not, for time waits not upon this feast, which has no end. For love has set its table in the space that seemed to keep your guests apart from you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. I'm so glad your connection held for that. And is there anyone uh, here who would enjoy reading that last paragraph again? Just for the sake of its pure beauty. Hey, Patricia we, here. And Patricia. Let's do it twice. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it twice. Jude and then Patricia. Please. Did you the author? We're not hearing I you, Judy. I thought you offered. I only heard me and Patricia. Sure, I can do okay. it too. Okay. Please. Okay, Patricia's then Judy. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> sure, Thank and you. is this uh, 36 you're referring to? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you. Okay. 36. This is a feast. A feast unlike, indeed, to those the dreaming of the world has shown. For here, the more than anyone receives, the more is left for all the rest to share. The guests have brought unlimited supply with them, and no one is deprived or can deprive. Here, here is a feast the Father lays before his son and shares it equally 
with him. And in there sharing, there can be no gap. There can be no gap in which abundance falters and grows thin. Here can the lean years enter not, for time waits not upon this soothed, which has no end, this eternal feast, which has no end, for love has set its table in the space that seemed to keep your guests apart from you. Thank you, Patricia. And Judy, please. Thank you, Lori. This is a feat, unlike, indeed, to those the dreaming of the world has shown. For here, the more than anyone receives, the more is left for all the rest to share. The guests have brought unlimited supply with them, and no one is deprived or can deprive. Here is a feast the Father lays before the Son and shares it equally with him. And in their sharing, there can be no gap in which abundance falters and grows thin. Here can the lean years enter not, for time waits not upon this feast, which has no end. For love has set its table in the space that seemed to keep your guests apart from you. Amen. Amen, indeed. Thank you for reading this, everyone. Every voice makes it more complete. And to briefly touch some of the ideas in this beautiful section for the agreement to join. I like these. What waits in perfect certainty beyond salvation is not our concern. The miracle alone is your concern at present. Here is where we must begin. And having started, will the way be made serene and simple in the rising up to waking and the ending of the dream? Paragraph 29, no mind is sick until another mind agrees that they are separate. Healing is the effect of minds which join as sickness comes from minds which separate. Paragraph 30, the miracle does nothing just because the minds are joined and cannot separate. Yet, in the dreaming, has this been reversed and separate minds are seen as bodies which are separated and which cannot join? In this view, you are joined in sickness to preserve the little gap unhealed where sickness is kept carefully protected, cherished, and upheld by firm belief, lest God should come to bridge the little gap that leads to him. 
fight not his coming with illusions for it is his coming that you want above all things that seem to glisten in the dream in paragraph 31 the end of dreaming is the end of fear in paragraph 32 the cause of pain is separation not the body where are the grounds for sickness when the minds are joined to close the little gap between them where the seeds of sickness seem to grow paragraph 33 God builds the bridge but only in the space left clean and vacant by the miracle the miracle will brush all the seeds of sickness and shame aside and thus make room for him who wills to come and bridge his son's returning to himself 34 what is the world except a little gap perceived to tear eternity apart break it into days and months and years and what are you who live within the world except a picture of the Son of God in broken pieces each concealed within a separate and uncertain bit of clay 35 be not afraid but let your world be lit by miracles and where the gap was seen to stand between you join your brother there and sickness will seem to be will be seen without a cause the dream of healing in forgiveness lies and gently shows you that you have never sinned the miracle would leave no proof of guilt and in your storehouse it will make a place of welcome for your father and your capital self the door is open that all those may come who would no longer starve and would enjoy the feast of plenty set before them there and they will meet with your invited guest the miracle has asked to come to you finally 36 this is a feast unlike indeed to those the dreaming of the world has shown for here the more that anyone receives the more is left for all the rest to share the guests have brought unlimited supply with them and no one is deprived or can deprive here's the feast the father lays before his son and shares it equally with him and in their sharing there can be no gap in which abundance falters and grows thin here can the lean years enter not for time waits not upon this feast which has no end for love has set its table in the space that seemed to keep your guests apart from you what a splendid reading amen the floor is open thank you Lori, for that thank you you know I, I want to speak to something just a little bit wonderful this morning um, we're, we're all familiar with Google you know that great search engine where you enter a term and it returns results and this morning I wanted to see an image of the feast the father sets before his son in eternity before anything was broken and so I simply typed into the Google search bar the feast of plenty in heaven and it returned to me exactly the images I asked for and, and I 
you know, it seems a simple maneuver, but when I think about it, I think this is the knowledge that the Son of God shares, and it is so perfectly shared that just one little search term returns the results. What can that be but evidence that we all share this knowledge together? I'm complete. Oh, thanks for that, Lori. Thank you. This is Fran. I love in that first paragraph when he tells us that we've already we're starting up the ladder. We've already started to allow your first uncertain steps be directed up the ladder. Separation led you down. Yay! Part makes me happy. <laughs> I'm complete. Oh yeah. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Karen, um, I have a very, very practical ex- uh, application of this, this reading for this morning. Um, my daughter's in the in the the throes of a contentious divorce. Her husband's been using substances, and they have a new baby, and. I know that the the Course is saying to see him as the Christ. That's the miracle. Join with him in true empathy, not false empathy. False empathy of, you know, her situation, feeling sad for her, feeling the chaos of it all, feeling the, oh my God, the roller coaster of it all. It's been going on for months, which is why I've been sporadically attending this group. Um, but it's it's uh, there's a level of fear. I mean, there's a level where you believe that the body is real. That's the the gap, you know, that the separation and the sin is real. And there's a fear that if you don't guard that, something bad will happen. 
and trying to shift into Christ consciousness, you know, it just seems like a very, very big leap, you know. Yes, I want to join with my son-in-law and say, you are perfect, you are divine son of God, you are the Christ. I know that if you if you um, demonstrate who you truly are, uh, the lesson for today, the um, eternal holiness you are, if you express, if you come into that, everything will be fine. I know everything will fall into place. Everything will be perfect. But between there and where we seem to be on the physical plane, there is this gap. And the Course is asking us not to be in the gap. And it's it's challenging not to have fear and not to be in the gap. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. And that is precisely the call to the miracle. Um, to restore the truth of my brother and myself. Very perfect practical illustration. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Good answer, Lori. Hey, thanks, Karen. Yeah. Thank you, Lori. This is this is Robin Marie, and my best friend is in the hospital again. He has COPD, and I am with him, and believe that if it's time for him to say goodbye to his physical self, that God has prepared him and is preparing him. And if it is Source's uh, will, a source to allow him to finish his songs that he's working on, that he will be given the help that he needs to be able to do that. And I am uh, holding both of us because, of course, I'm going to miss all of his texts and all of the wonderful things that he says to me and our sharing. So... uh, So that's where I am. Thanks. Thank you, Robin Marie. And thank you for holding him and and everything in the space of love in your heart. Um, yes, Robin Marie. And I hold you in that space as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Robin Marie. Patricia, thank you. Thank you. I have a a bit too in common with the day that these shares are bringing up so uh, valued by my own soul to feel my voice vibrate out true words that give courage because I have a situation right now too that is so volatile that there's someone of a 
of a uh, brain injury that, um, you know, could, uh, it, you know, life-threatening issues. There's um, survival, uh, financial, so many volatility um, in the day. And I find myself so blessed to uh, know a group like this and say, you know, as I am one with you, the first thing that came up is it gratitude to have been a woman and a mother and know this divine emptiness in my body that just serves and how grueling it is to hold the breath through the labor of childbirth. And it feels like we're in that with this planet. And that holding the breath of just the steady breath and keeping it through the pain waves and the calm waves and the not knowing waves and the maybe something dying waves. I'm in it right now. And every bit of me even wanted to know, should I close the meeting early so I can go show up? And, and then it takes me very humbly to the first share. Because as soon as she was referring to what, uh, when I say, what if, you know, I can say to you, see, see the glory in you and change your ways. Oh, if only that quickly grabbed my throat and went, oh, Patricia, feel it. This is you too. Now you know why you're on this call instead of out there. Because this day will not be about one if only. And if my son lives or if he isn't living, I am the breath of honoring one thing I could appreciate, the role I can play today. And a lot of it is in this birthing silence to just breathe through when it's very loud and people need to just release their process and know I'm watching birth in them and I'm not getting in the way. This is so for me, so on target with criticalness that it's like, Patricia, don't you dare. You've got to stay silent and not interfere when it's this critical now. So use this to be fabric softener. It's not going to be easy. And thank goodness you're hearing others going through it. And you're going to stay here silent this morning. And you're going to let me guide you the rest of the day, says this Christ mind we all have. And a lot of it tells me you're going to be helpless a lot. But those are the times you know I'm the one helping that one choose whether they, how, why they want to live. I'm the one helping that one be brave enough to go through their darkness. I'm the one who will choose when they come to me. I'm the one in them. Let it be that way. Patricia, let it be silent for you. Say I can take care of the baby now and then. Say, you know what, I'm going to go outside and water the garden and pull some weeds. 
and let it be. And it's going to be just like labor, you guys. But thank you for giving this place to witness God in me and you running the show. Thank you. What a beautiful illustration of miracle. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, Patricia. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And a perfect segue to the top of the hour where we can reflect on eternal holiness. Fran, thanks again for leading us. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme we're still on is what is the real world. And today's lesson is lesson 299, Eternal Holiness Abides in Me. I shall read them from what is the real world. The real world holds a counterpart for each unhappy thought reflected in your world. A sure correction for the sights of fear and sounds of battle which your world contains. The real world shows a world seen differently, through quiet eyes and with a mind at peace. Nothing but rest is there. There are no cries of pain and sorrow heard, for nothing here remains outside forgiveness. What needs has such a mind for thoughts of death, attack, and murder. What can it perceive surrounding it but safety, love, and joy? The world of sea sees arises from a mind at peace within itself. No danger lurks in anything it sees, for it is kind and only kindness does it look upon. And as we look upon a world forgiven, it is he who calls to us and comes to take us home, reminding us of our identity which our forgiveness has restored to us. Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 299, Eternal Holiness Abides in Me. My holiness is far beyond my own ability to understand or know. Yet God, my Father, who created it, acknowledges my holiness as his. Our will together understands it, and our will together knows that it is so. Father, my holiness is not of me. It is not mine to be destroyed by sin. It is not mine to suffer from attack. Illusions can obscure it, but cannot put out its radiance, nor dim its light. It stands forever perfect and untouched. In it are all things healed, for they remain as you created them, and I can know my holiness. For holiness itself created me, and I can know my source because it is your will that you be known. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 299, Eternal Holiness Abides in Me.
My holiness is far beyond my own ability to understand or know. Yet God my Father, who created it, acknowledges my holiness as his. Our will together understands it, and our will together knows that it is so. Lesson 299, Eternal Holiness Abides in Me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you, friend. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Love, I love the, the prayer part where he says, Father, my holiness is not of me. It is not mine to be destroyed by him. It is not mine to suffer from attack. No matter what we do, we're not going to get rid of the eternal holiness. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. it. He created it for us. Thank you, Father. I'm complete. Amen to that. Thank you, friend. Oh, you guys got me going with this mother and (laughs) the labor of love. So a real quick one with Patricia. It goes this way, and it won't stop in my head. See, this would happen when the brain's empty, because I'll talk about it later, but it goes this way. Breathe in. Breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. When you breathe in through, no, breathe in through the pain. Breathe in through the calm. Breathe in, breathe out through the pain and the calm. No more right or wrong. We glide along. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in the calm. Breathe in. The pain, breathe out the calm. No longer are we right or wrong. Breathe in. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that. And easy to remember. I'll do that today. Thanks, Patricia. Thank you. Exactly what I needed, Patricia. This is Mindy. Beautiful. So just an echo, this is the experience. So right now it's quieted to breathe in the wrong, breathe in the right, no longer right or wrong. And it just 
that takes little things, and that will be the background of, of there will not be thoughts unless I have a decision to make. There is a constant hum, and tunes that catch on are really helpful in this curriculum for me because they take over the brain and nothing else yeah. gets in. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. <clears throat> Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Everybody. Hi, Jude. I have um, really a, 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 a huge respect for this reading today because it it speaks so clearly and I loved your outline Lori your your highlights today because it they really point to to the way that I was considering this text reading as a whole um, that beyond what waits in perfect certainty beyond salvation is not our concern that um, salvation is is of the mind is of the thinking mind, and um, you know that it, that it speaks to this that sickness is of the mind, and that the holy the Holy Spirit throughout the text is is described as as, as speaking only the truth of God to us, for us, to remind us where we came, from what we came, and who I am already and what I will always be and always have been. And that the realization of that is always here and now. And this is how I unfolded the, the daily lessons for today into this reading. Um, it speaks, the miracle does nothing because the minds are already joined, which speaks to, the, to our current, current and constant and and consistent perfection of how we were created in God's likeness, purely mind and spirit, and that there is nothing outside of that mind, and the mind that can see that is eternally blessed because it sees, it sees itself everywhere it looks, and it holds itself in its own holiness as holy and blessed in its totality of its own reality. So I like saying those things out loud. Um, you know that the end of this dreaming of judgment is the end of fear. Love was never in the world of dreams. Um, first and foremost, that there is no gap. There is no gap. There is no place where God is not, where God is not appearing as God himself. And, and, and it's, it's a dream. It's a dream of, of judgment of something as being sick, something as being worthy of rejection or of exception to what God is. Because God is all in all. So the end of dreaming is the end of fear, and love was never in the world of dreams. The gap is little, that sword of judgment. It holds the seeds of pestilence in every form of ill. Ill. This is ill. This is sick. 
I don't like this. I don't want it. I wish to keep apart and not to join it. Seems to give a cause where sickness is, where there really is no cause. It's nothing happening. It's an illusion of nothing. And it goes on to speak of that being an empty space because there is no space. There is no gap. There is no separation. It's a misperception believing that I'm in a body, that I was born into a body by other bodies. This is not how God created me. This is a part of the dream, the role in the dream, the hero in the dream. I'm sick and my friend's going to be good to me and come visit me in the hospital. It's all fine and dandy and it's all true and, and helpful and kind, but it's, it's the dream. It's all a part of the dream. And not to think that it's real. The good parts or the bad parts is, is, is what we want to pick out slice and dice the totality of our reality and say this is good or bad and this I like or don't like or this I prefer and I don't prefer. So to lay out lay out all of this, um, thinking of the world, all the thought, worldly thoughts who could, who could look upon snow like it's silver, and gold for the shining of a pebble. And this is referring to perception for me. There's nothing in the world, nothing in the world except a little gap, which we break, tear eternity apart. So, you know, this I am eternally who and what and where I am. I am the will of God, purely mine in the mind of God. And... As soon as I think I'm a person in time, I've lost the awareness of my reality. I can't have it both ways. You're either dreaming and a part of the dream, and it's a mistaken perception. The world is a mistaken impression. The real world is seeing myself through the eyes of Christ as God created me and knowing myself and my own identity with the capital I is God himself. It's purely mind. I have no body. There's nobody to get sick. And not to be afraid, the miracles are corrections. Miracles and corrections and forgiveness, stand back and judge not, overlook, be an innocent bystander, you know, love it. Love it, love it. Accept it unconditionally and love it as a dream. And perceive it not. Perceive it not through the body's eyes. And be not afraid. And let your world be gently lit by miracles. Making a place of welcome for my father and myself that I put God himself on the altar of my mind. And that I'm not second to that. He created me and I'm not second to the mind of God. I am holy and complete in the mind of God. And this is where my table set. The feast he lays before me that he shares equally with me and their sharing there can be no gap where abundance falters and grows in. So God gives himself to me and in giving himself to me he gives himself to everything and everything is 
given to me by he, him giving me himself. And hallelujah, this has no end, it has no beginning, and there's no space in between and no place where it is not, where I'm not in my awareness of the totality of my reality. <laughs> Joy to everyone. Thank you for being here. I love you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. That was great, Judy. It's Micah. The uh, I love that where you said well, pure, purely mind. That that is so. That's so critical in in our awakening to 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 move in that direction, and then um, and then towards the end you said I'm in the mind of God. Uh, I saw that on two levels. One, one is, uh, you know, as we move into this unified mind as an experience of the self, and it, beco- and it becomes real for us. Uh, then it's I'm in the mind of God was more like this the spacious self and and uh, being a thought in the mind of God there and then in and then I saw it on another level of even in this time space dimension of a feeling of a a corporal body skeleton with an identity that's um, that too is in the mind of God. You know, God is in the wastebasket. God is in the the hand. God is in the coat hanger. And uh, so, I, this realm of I, I'm in the mind of God, and yet it's still this time space dimension is. And I appreciate you highlighting the dream. It's still the dream. It's a holographic projection. Of, of consciousness creating this this dance of form and um, very creative like a dream at night and except for time here is a little more brittle or more linear or you know you can hear the clicking of the ticking of the clock you know all through the day where in dreams at night it seems like time is warps a little bit and it's fluid but it, the both realms deal with laws and, and make a world that is still Maya. It's, it's still consciousness creating the illusion of form. But I um, I felt kind of quiet about all this because I I feel like I hardly know anything. Um, yesterday there were a few quite a few moments where. Um, during the share yesterday, I was, I was fortunate enough to talk about some of the some of those states where the movement moved into a, a mind that was creating the dream of the world, and that that actually became a mirror that would pop up during the day, or a lens might be a better way to put it, and something started to experience this life 
in terms of a projection of that mind more and more through the day. But I understand it very little, you know, and, and um, but it, it 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 seemed to be glowing through the text in a beautiful way and in the lesson, like especially in the lesson in this part where it says Jesus is saying, "Let me turn there real quick." Um, Illusion you can obscure holiness, but cannot put out its radiance nor dim its light. It stands forever perfect and untouched. That's the dreamer of the dream. That mind that we are, that mind we share, share with each other and share with God. In it all things are healed, for they remain as you created them. And there's this feeling of this projection outward of a dream of consciousness is very holy because this mind is permeated with God and light and love. And it just creates a stage on which these forms seem to dance. You know, all these bits of uncertain, these uncertain bits of clay. <laughs> and uh, and I loved how unity, at first I was thinking, I, I was touched with how much reference there was to unity through all this this section, and I was I was going to go in that direction and share maybe about that, and then I thought no, it's really important about the dream and the mind, and uh, uh, so anyway, we're we're amazingly powerful beings, and we're we're just dreaming. A, a, an experience of time and space and limitation, and it, it's amazingly holy and, and loving. You know, it's, it's all the shares that have gone on so far have been about kind of highlighting the love that can flow through it, the light that can flow through the dream, even in the midst of of the drama of it, the the, the illusion of it, um, consuming us a bit. You know. Um, anyway, there's probably the last year still. But anyway, um, I'll just end with this part here because th- this kind of highlights the, this movement. Uh, the miracle will brush uh, them, I guess, I guess uh, the effects, uh, all aside and thus make room for him who wills to come and bridge his son's returning to himself. It's just a delightful end. And him who wills to come and bridge his son's returning to himself. And it's done really simply. God is in the finger. God is in the hand. God is in the breath. God is in the voice. That's part of the bridge. And the other bridge is the the lifting of identification out of the body into the spacious self of the Christ consciousness. And God is there. Anyway, um, thanks. Thanks, Micah. That was huge. Thank you, Micah. Very beautiful. Thank Thank you, Micah. Thanks, Micah. Hey, thanks, Micah. Of the world. Thank you, Micah. So beautiful, Micah. Thank you. 
Thank you. Ooh. All the effects. That's the stillness, the stillness and quietness where God, I'm welcoming the guests and the, and, and there's no longer the fantasy of a private self going on in my head and interpreting things in the world through the perspective of time and space. That's gone. The dream is gone. The dream is over. Am I on mute? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> no. Thank Thanks, you. Judy. I didn't want to hog space in time. <laughs> I'm sorry I said I was on mute. But that's it. The kenosis, the emptying, emptiness that allows the fullness of them and their abundance to fill me. The I don't know mind, I stop thinking mind, the tranquil mind that trusts everything is perfect just as it is. And I would not have this moment be different in any way than it is, that I check, check, and see if I'm actually here in the presence of God's awareness of God's reality right here, right now. The totality of his reality. Open my eyes. Wake up, wake up. What's, what's it like to be God looking at all of this? <laughs> now I'm going to mute for sure. Thanks, Judy. That created a shift. Oh, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. What a what a beautiful, beautiful reading. But, you know, what I really like today is um, that first sentence. What wakes, what waits in perfect certainty beyond salvation is not our concern. Um, I, I like that sentence uh, because it says to me that um, there, is, there is a certainty <clears throat> There is a certainty and absolute perfection of love that exists in every single moment. And that's of God. It is not of my concern. In the same way that the lesson starts out with, let me say it how he says it, my holiness is far beyond my own ability to understand or know. that sets my mind up for a state of receptivity and silence is uh, a good word for that sets my mind up for a state of receptivity where truth can uh, enter and it's an invitation in that first paragraph 
to be not concerned about the ending of the story, but accept in faith that it'll be a perfect ending if I um, take the steps that are given me right now, right here where I seem to be. Those steps being uh, miracle steps. A miracle alone is your concern at present. Here's where we must begin. <laughs> what is a miracle? I like to stop and think. What is a miracle? But a correction. I've uh, heard something incorrectly or I've seen something incorrectly. And I would rather have a miracle than what I've seen or heard. That's true. I can agree with that. Right now. And now, and now, and now. A miracle is a correction. It's like holiness. It's uh, always there. Always waiting. Always um, bidding me welcome. And if I agree to accept it, it will be mine. Over and over and over again that goes. Here and here and here, even here and even here. And how does that work? Over time, it, it works um, by overseeming time. It works. It's wonder. The end of the story is that I've allowed my mind to learn I'm not an ego. Um, this morning when I, when I finished reading this lesson um, and section, fragments and bits from that very first chapter of Principles of Miracles came to mind as an invitation to go back and read those Principles of Miracles. And you'll recall, I'm sure, how it feels every year at the beginning of the year to open chapter one, paragraph one, and read the principles of miracles. And to read those pr principles of miracles as if they're uh, standing somewhere outside awareness, bidding that we understand them as if I'm here and the principles over there. Life, life is the endeavor in which we're all engaged. Um, and in this endeavor, life is asking, moment by moment by moment, will I let truth be true? And as I forgive, which is to withdraw my mistaken idea from a situation, Will I allow my mistaken idea to be withdrawn from a situation, thereby allowing truth to enter? That's what it means to me in that first paragraph. Will I withdraw my idea and let truth enter? It's not for me to do that. It's not my job to tell me what truth is. It's my job to let truth tell me what truth is, and that's a miracle. It's a correction. And um, 
Anyway, I really loved reading the Principles of Miracles today in conjunction with this section. They came alive um, in the same way that truth comes alive when I withdraw my error and let truth be true. Um, most recently, um, it's been a lot of years, surprisingly, um, but most recently, um, here's what I noticed. I had a friend who seemed to stand upon the distant shore, and I so, so, so desired to bid that friend come across and join me. <laughs> and I realized, Lori, Lori, look what you're doing. You're the one. In your mind, you made the rift. In your mind is the distant shore. You did that. This is your mind that created the rift. Truth would, truth would bid you realize that there is no such thing as a friend upon a distant shore. It's the rift in your mind that makes it seem so. What we know about truth is that it's true everywhere and it's true for everyone. The first law of chaos, I'm sorry about that ringing phone if you can try and disregard it. <laughs> There we go. Um, what I was trying to say is that what we know about truth is that it's true for everyone. The other thing we know about truth is that there is a capital S self we all share. And the first law of chaos says you believe, you believe that there's a different truth for everyone. That truth is different for you and for you and for you. That's the first law of chaos. That's the first rung down the ladder of separation. And I reviewed the other day the laws of chaos. I think they're in chapter 23. Um, starting from that first belief that truth is different for everyone um, begins the descent into the belief in error and value judgments where my truth is more true than your truth and God sides with me not with you and God must believe what I believe um, and therefore reject his son and my brother is hiding the gift of truth from me oh my God he's hiding it in his body and pretty soon the gap has grown and grown and grown miracles are the ways in which life brings us opportunity to close that gap by recognizing only truth is true. And I don't do that by correcting someone. Um, I do that by correcting the split in my own mind. It's the split in my own mind that has caused, seemed to cause, the gap that I see everywhere between bodies. And the beautiful thing about um, miracles is the more I allow truth to be true, the more I realize that gap was in my mind. It wasn't in the world. It wasn't between bodies. 
it wasn't in fact real at all um, and with that understanding goes the gap you see I fed that gap I fed it I allowed ego to steal my reality from me and place it in the gap and I need miracles to show me that only truth is true and in showing me only truth is true I am healing I'm allowing I'm not healing it God heals it I'm allowing truth to be true in my own mind and as my mind is healed Christ's vision comes to me it closes the gap in my own mind the wound in my understanding that caused me to believe in sin guilt and fear and when I allow illusions my illusions my errors to be carried to truth Holy Spirit corrects my mind so that the gap that seemed to be there between bodies isn't there at all and I start to understand what he means when he talks about the dream and the reality in chapter 18 when he says startlingly there is nothing outside you my problem was that I thought I was in a body I thought my mind was in my body I need miracles to close that gap in my mind I can't look out and see truth unless I've looked first within to find it there that's how miracles close the gap in my mind the river is no longer there the split across which I need that feeling that I need to bring my brother was a gap in my mind when it's healed it's gone when it's when that when my mind is healed that gap is just gone and so I need have no concern for the end of the story what happens is that the end of the story arrives in my awareness on little cat feet the more I allow my mind to be healed the more the awareness of truth springs to my awareness and in that way I learn heaven was never separate from me rather I thought I was separate from heaven I used to um, quote often one of my favorite quotes is in chapter 16 that 19th paragraph where he says reality is safe and sure and wholly kind to everyone and everything there is no greater love than to accept this and be glad you've never given anything to the Holy Spirit to correct for you and not received a resolution nor have you ever kept anything to yourself to solve alone and been solved isn't it time you brought these two things together and made sense of them anyway over the course of allowing my mind to be corrected it dawned on me one day uh, on little cat feet I'm reality 
I am safe and sure and wholly kind to everyone and everything. And there is no greater love than to accept this and be glad. This is how, through forgiveness and the consequent miracle or correction, I realize I'm reality, that Christ's mind is the mind we all share and always have. We agreed in what I call the time before to undertake this great experiment in love to find out the degree to which love could light our awareness and realize there is no limit to that ever there's no um, <laughs> there's no seeming difficulty that can't be lit by a miracle and teach me that I'm not an ego in that way I come on little Kathy to the awareness that eternal holiness abides in me. It's not of me, it's for me, and always has been. That's the eternal relationship of the Father to the Son. I'll speak for a minute about one of the most precious uh, consolations I've ever given and you know these consolations miracles come as a request of here's my inadequacy please correct me and one year I was um, I was really sick and in my body and and at the same time my brother was really sick and um, I was taking a mind-altering medication um, for the illness in my body and, and so I was under the effect of steroids and so it felt as though my truth was slipping away from me but into that space into that space um, truth put music wordless just music and it, it went on for like six or eight months just just music the constant hum of heaven and you see this constant hum of heaven is always there it asks only that I bring my wound to it whatever that wound may be whatever that pain may be um, and say please uh, I want truth and a miracle always awaits me what a grand adventure this is to discover over and over that there are no limits to love or what love can do what holiness can do it's like an umbrella and if you have an umbrella for the rain would you not share that umbrella and give shelter this is this is who we are and what we do and make of this place the heaven that it really always has been I'm complete thank you so much excellent thank you thank Lori. you Lori. that was thank really you, thank you that was beautiful
Hi, this is Chris. Just wanted to say hi. Just being present in this call. Hi, Chris. Hi. Hi, Chris. Hello. Any further shares? We still have a few minutes. All right. Hi. Well, hi, Laurie. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Chris. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. I didn't hear your full share but I heard you share about the sacred hum of heaven. Uh, When I practice the centering prayer and the lesson, I come to a place of inner stillness and peace. And one of the things that feels right to me and I'm pulled to do is to gently tenderly lovingly hum and it feels so good feeling the vibration throughout every cell in the body and filling it with that hum that that's already there And the pitch of the hum, I adjust to what feels right within the body. I could tell that I found that hum that aligns with that that is within me. And boy, does, does... that create a blissful feeling within myself. I just experienced it a few minutes ago before I made this call. So it's a beautiful vibration that you're talking about. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Chris. That'll be fun to play with. I would agree. Uh, I think of it as though uh, when there's a standard transmission vehicle for anyone who, you know, learned to drive one of those stick shift, that the manual transmission I do consciously sometimes where, you know, I go, okay, you know, you're getting tight, girl. You're starting to think this is serious. So I actually will sort of activate a hum that makes the sternum kind of vibrate. And uh, because it's what I noticed would be happening that felt so good and calming when it would be this natural background. So it's this, uh, I think I uh, 
So it's automatic transmission sometimes when I just enter oh, the bathtub or, or an evening sunset or just quiet in myself. And sometimes when it's real noisy, they'll even just be the sound of the hum. But that vibrating chest, also in my Feldenkrais work, know that the brain, the pineal gland and the vagus nerve, which is that sympathetic system that digests and calms the whole the world inside our body to perceive a calm world outside. That vibrating feeling, it starts to make a, that's why Santa has the jelly belly. There's a little bubbles that'll happen in the belly from that hum. I, I had a whole year of, I couldn't stop laughing sometimes because there's a little giggle that'll come with the hum. And I have a feeling that it's, you know, like loosening a tight chain or it's loosening and it sort of just tickles a little. It's not appropriate sometimes either, but just to let you know, that's some of my experiences that I've with the home. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Patricia. Yes, thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Well, thank you everyone who joined us today and everyone who will listen later. Thank you to everyone who practices this lesson today. Thank you to every mind that opens to a miracle. And I think to close this call this morning from chapter 14, Blessed Son of a Holy Blessing Father, joy was created for you. Who can condemn whom God has blessed, there is nothing in the mind of God that does not share his shining innocence. The inheritance of the kingdom is the right of God's Son, given him in his creation. Do not try to steal it from him, or you will ask for guilt and will experience it. Protect his purity from every thought that would steal it away and keep it from his sight. Bring innocence to light in answer to the call of the atonement. Never allow purity to remain hidden, but shine away the heavy veils of guilt within which the Son of God has hidden himself from his own sight. We are all joined. We are all joined in the atonement here. And nothing else can unite us in this world, so will the world of separation slip away and full communication be restored between the Father and the Son. Each one you see, you place within the holy circle of atonement or leave outside. If you bring him into the circle of purity, you will rest there with him. If you leave him without, you will join him there. Refuse to accept anyone as without the blessing of atonement and bring him into it by blessing him. Holiness must be shared, must be shared, for therein lies everything that makes it holy. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you all for joining this morning and for every, every moment in time you endeavor to realize holiness abides in me. Thank you all. Oh, thank you, Lori. 
Thanks, everybody. Mm. Thanks, everybody.